Welcome to the Flagship Podcast. My name is Josh Zacchaeus, and I am excited to say this is episode one of the Flagship Podcast. Um, we're very excited. The, the purpose of this podcast is to create a place where our community can meet its leaders, meet people that are making changes, that are, that are um, growing our community, and hopefully providing a positive impact. With that being said, I have the honor of having our first guest here, uh, President John Pistol of Anderson University. Welcome, President wow, Pistol. Wow, Josh. Well, what an honor it is to be part of the, the first uh, FEC podcast like this. Having grown up in Anderson and lived here over half of my adult life, it is a real honor to to connect with the rest of the community in ways perhaps that uh, we haven't. So thank you for that honor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for making the time. I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I know you're a busy guy and you got mm-hmm. a lot of important things. So I appreciate you making a little time for me today. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. Let's just dive in. The, the goal mm-hmm. is to have maybe a, a, a just a good organic thirty-minute conversation and see mm-hmm. um, who you are, what you're doing in the community, and and sure. really um, the trajectory of where Anderson, Madison County is going, yeah. and Central Indiana. Right. And so, um, good. But, but before we get into all those maybe heavier conversations, I just I have to ask, mm. why? <laughs> why did you? Leave the federal government, leave TSA to come back to Anderson. Yeah. Um, you know, you were you you were rubbing shoulders with the president, mm. and now you're back with, back th- home. Three presidents with actually, th- yeah. with three presidents. Well, two uh, a fair amount than what I met. So, okay, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then a vice president who became president. So I guess that'd be four. <laughs> there you go. So four presidents. <laughs> <But who's> counting. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, guess I guess that's my first question. Is yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Well, the short answer, Josh, is it, it's it was a God thing. Uh, it was not coming back to Anderson was not on my radar. Uh, I practiced law here for a couple of years. Left in 1983, back okay. before many of your listeners and, <laughs> and other hosts and things were, were born. Um, and so uh, it was really not on my uh, radar, as I said. Uh, and I got a call one day from a friend who um, was associated with the university and okay. told me that the, the then current president, Jim Edwards, was thinking about retiring the next year or so. Wow. And um, he wanted, uh, this friend wanted to talk to me about his successor. And I said, wow, I am honored. Let me give that some thought. I'll give you a call back tomorrow with some names of people. And he, <laughs> okay. he chuckled and he said, no, you don't understand. A small group of us got together and thought you would be a good successor. Wow. Now, having gone to Anderson College at the time, back in the 70s, I knew it was a, uh, a dry campus. And so I thought, okay, I think it's still a dry campus, but what are they smoking out there in <laughs> Indiana that uh, they would um, reach out for me uh, who with without a background in higher education? And so, sure. So that's why I say it was a God thing, because... Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a big change. Yeah, and, and Kathy Harp, my wife, who we met as a freshman here in Old Testament class, there was something <laughs> something uh, biblical about that, obviously. Yeah. Um, we got married five years later, and we're coming up on our 45th anniversary. Wow. Thanks be to God for that. Congratulations. She, thank you. Uh, she's from the Washington, D.C. area. And okay. so her dad was a church God pastor for 37 years at the same church on 16th Street, just about four miles north of the White House. Okay. So that's what she was used to. Uh, and so that's that's the thought of about coming back to Anderson. Just again, wasn't on the radar. And yeah. many people in my positions of leadership in the federal government went on to um, very uh, good-paying jobs in the private sector. 
<laughs> Not that Anderson University doesn't pay well. Uh, but, but it's higher ed. <laughs> and, and we can all know that yeah, higher ed is not, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. And if, if we had time, I could go with some details, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, so, no worries. So that, I, that's why I say it's a God thing. Um, Absolutely. Seem, seems like it. Again, like I was, I was thinking about some of your experience and even that transition from going from the TSA mm-hmm. to higher ed. Like within the same year, that just seems yeah. – your day-to-day operations change oh, drastically. Yeah, that's T- for sure. Tell me about like what, going from the TSA to higher ed, well, how that... And I would provide some more context, Josh, in terms of um, by the time I got was nominated by the president and got confirmed by the Senate yeah. to be the TSA administrator, I'd spent uh, almost 27 years with the FBI, <laughs> yeah. and I'd last almost six years as the deputy director, the senior career person. So only the okay. FBI director out of 37,000 men and women is nominated by the president, confirmed by the Senate. Wow. So I was really enjoying that when sure. I was asked whether I would be willing to be considered for the head of TSA. I, uh, I, my first thought, well, well, there's a thankless job. What moron would want to do that? <laughs> well, here I was. So, uh, so I t- uh, talked over, talked it over with Kathy. Of course, prayed about it, and my thought was, um, I should be open to the possibility. Now, what I learned is that there had yeah. been a, not one, but two prior nominees by the president uh, to be the TSA administrator who not, had not made it through the Senate confirmation process oh, because wow. something came up in their background. So I was seen as a safe choice because being the deputy director of the FBI and you know, have top secret Pretty sure your background check passed. <laughs> yeah, I think I was a known commodity yeah. not only in the White House but on Capitol Hill. So, yeah, so it went that way. Yeah, no, that, th- thanks for sharing that. Well, I'm I'm curious about, you know, you you've had this extensive career, incredible mm. career. Mm. You're here at Anderson University now, but let's rewind all the way back to the beginning. As a, mm. as a kid, mm-hmm. what were you dreaming about being? Was it was it always? Did you want to be in government? Did you want oh, to be doing no. these things? What what was no. that dream as a kid that you really wanted to wake up and the, do? Yeah, uh, the couple things I thought about. I had an uncle who was an airline pilot, and that seemed like. Okay. A, well, I guess I'd call it a glamorous job. <laughs> yeah, he were he flew for um, what was then known as Pan Am and um, Pan flew Pan. all over the world and everything, and and that just seemed like a whoa, that a neat job. Totally. And then as I got into high school, I thought, yeah, lawyer, because I enjoyed, I will say, debating or arguing. My sure. my parents may say, um, <laughs> and so so I thought about that, and so that's by the time I got to college, I wanted to be a lawyer. But really, for selfish reasons, I wanted to be, if I was honest with myself and others, I wanted to be a rich, famous lawyer. Okay. And um, so that was uh, that was where I was pursuing, and then uh, God worked on my heart and my mind sure. during the time in college. And so by the time I graduated, <clears throat> I was interested. I still wanted to go to law school, and I, okay. and I did, uh, at IU McKinney in Indianapolis, um, but with some different aspirations about well, how can I best serve? So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's, yeah, b- being a lawyer and now, mm. again, the journey that it seems like the Lord is taking you on is yeah. it's pretty incredible. Well, it's it's his story that happens sure. to be played out in the life of John Pistol. And, um, yeah, I just feel honored to be used in a way that I just never dreamed. Oh. I mean, obviously, there was no TSA <laughs> uh, prior to 9-11. And uh, the FBI, one of the interesting things, Josh, was, I knew I could do the uh, physical fitness because, um, and then I'd played four years of basketball and, and tennis in college, yeah. and even after a serious, serious car accident and ended up with a broken neck and things, a senior wow. high school, 
God gave me a, uh, well, healed me physically, but more importantly, mm -hmm. gave me some healing spiritually mm -hmm. because I had walked away from the Lord um, really as a 13-year-old and yeah. was living my own life. So I, I felt like I could do those things, but I'd never fired a gun before in my life. And, oh, by the way, FBI agents, yeah, you have to be able to qualify with a gun, carry a gun, and all yeah. those type of things. So that was some anxiety. I thought, well, what happens? Sure. Even with a name like Pistol, what happens if I can't shoot straight? <laughs> well, that's a problem. So, yeah. But God provided. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so while we're on the topic of you know, your, your tenure at the FBI, like mm. maybe what's one of your favorite stories to tell? What, what was one of your favorite experiences or maybe make more chaotic experiences, mm. um, at your time during, during the FBI? Yeah. So many things, Josh, I think I would highlight a couple. One was, uh, in the 19 late eighties, um, I was assigned to New York city in 1985 and was assigned to a joint organized crime task force involved Investigate the mafia. I mean, it's okay. organized crime. Yeah, Italian organized crime, and and uh, just had fascinating uh, work there uh, about mob control of, um, for example, the Teamsters Union at the time, and then wow. legitimate businesses that had to pay off every week or month to stay protected. So, yeah, yeah. So something bad wouldn't happen. That was fascinating. And then clearly after nine eleven, uh, being assigned to the counterterrorism division and really helping to shape and form some of the the policies for the FBI in that time with others and within 3 years of 911 uh all the my bosses there's five bosses between me and the FBI director all retired and got some of these lucrative jobs <laughs> yeah. and burnout was high because it sure. was a just a grind. I can only imagine, yeah. So then I was appointed, named by the Attorney General and the Director as a FBI Director, I mean the Deputy Director, and just fascinating, fascinating work. So Yeah, I, like going back to even your time sort of uh, investigating the Mafia, like mm. I, I don't really talk about this much, but so my dad was an immigrant, came here to the States when he was a young man, mm. um, lived in DC, between DC and, and Florida quite a bit, mm. Miami area. Mm -hmm. But when he was a young man, he he was brought into the mafia. was wow. was part of that whole scene. Wow. Came to know Jesus uh, in the seventies, and wow. just a miraculous story of how like the Lord brought him out of that scene and and captured his heart. But Amen. all that being said, is like he would tell me the stories of my, my dad has since passed away, but he has told me yeah. the stories of of that time of working with people such as that. Wow. And yeah. So I can only imagine what what you had gone through of, of investigating them and being on the opposite side of them. It's, yeah. It must have been tough. Well, and I've got a great idea for the second podcast. I'll interview you and, and about your life growing up and what some of your, your dad experienced. And all I don't that. know if I'm that interesting, but yeah, no, that's, we all have our stories. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I'll just just on that, um, the way I was led to uh, look at government service since I didn't grow up with that yeah. idea, I think was really a God thing. As I, yeah, I enjoyed practicing law, but I just didn't feel like I was doing what God was really calling me to mm. do for the next 40 years of my life. Sure. And so being open to other possibilities, even though in, in walking away from the practice of law, in some respects, Josh, I, I felt like a failure mm. because here had gone four years of college, three years of law school, <laughs> and I'd been practicing for a year. Yeah. Uh, by the time I thought, you know what, I, think I need to look at some other possibilities. And so that's when I 
applied to the FBI, and, wow. and it took a year uh, to to finally uh, it's a process. Get, yeah, yeah, it's a process, and twice during that year's time, they told me they wouldn't be able to hire me. Wow. So what I for your listeners who are thinking about a a, a job in either the government, big or a big company or something. I, and I tell students this at Danish University, be patient but be persistent. Mm. You know, don't give up just because they tell you no, uh, because there may be yeah. something that they misunderstood. And that's what happened in my case. There was just some information they had overlooked or um, misinterpreted. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that goes into another question I wanted to ask mm. you. And, and maybe I don't want to make any assumptions, so I'm going to ask the question mm-hmm. still. But throughout your career, obviously, there are only – limited individuals that get to the high caliber that you have in your career is, you know, in, in, the, in your time of self-reflection and, and just assessing yourself, mm-hmm. is there a primary trait or skill set or attribute that you've identified in yourself that has really served you well in your journey that you would be like, this is something that I've relied on that maybe the Lord has blessed me with mm-hmm. that has opened some of these doors that has made some of my, my career routes, mm-hmm. my relational routes possible. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a trait or attribute that comes to mind? Yeah, so th- I think uh, there's actually a couple different ways I would answer that. One is uh, I found that, um, and what I tell students and others, uh, three things that, that are really important in their professional development and will distinguish them from others are hard work, professionalism, and integrity. And if you demonstrate those three things, then uh, that will make a difference because not everybody has those sure. characteristics. By hard work, you know, showing up on time, putting the, the, the time in, being yeah. conscientious, helping your coworkers and all those stuff. Anyway, those things. One of the things that people have commented to me about, which is hard to to talk about because it's humility. <laughs> you know, I'm one of the proudest uh, humble people I know. Uh, so that that sense of not not taking credit for everything, sure. but it, it's a team effort, and nobody does things on their own. Even if you're Elon Musk, and <laughs> yeah, you know, all those things. So how can you best serve? And then doing it from a, a perspective of servant leadership. Absolutely. So our core values at, at the university include servant leadership and okay. and generosity and responsibility and excellence and integrity. So those five, I commend to anybody and everybody as a way of not only serving your whatever you're trying to do, but obviously uh, seeing what, how God can use you in ways that transcend anything. So I don't think I, I don't think I would have been offered these positions I have. Sure. Uh, unless I was seeking God's will, and then God was working in and through me to serve others. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it one one thing that always intrigues me, like the idea of integrity. How how would you personally define integrity, or maybe mm-hmm. how does the university d- define it? Because a lot of people have different interpretations sure. of what that means. Yeah, and one of the simple ways that that I've looked at it is. Doing the thing, the same thing in public that you'd be doing in private. Mm. So uh, a consistency, a, a life that is yeah. consistent with your core beliefs and having core beliefs. For for me, it's uh, it's a, a belief in the lordship of Jesus Christ sure. and the fact that um, you know we can celebrate His birth and then uh, it, you know, crucifixion and resurrection and just the sense of. It is not all about me. Yeah. In fact, it's very little about me, <laughs> but how can God work in and through me 
to make a difference for good in other people's lives. So I, that's my basic assessment of integrity. Okay. About being straightforward and not having hidden agendas and things like that. Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Um, so so let's let's jump back now forward. You're at Anderson University. Mm-hmm. You do, it's doing incredible things. Again, mm-hmm. flagship and Anderson University cross paths quite a bit. So yes. it's cool to see two of the interns that work for us yeah. are Anderson University That's students. Right. So, um, yeah, a lot of good things happening. But right. I, I'd love to hear uh, maybe about some of the new things, the the, the fun things that you guys are doing. Yes. But maybe also, uh, again, as uh, whatever you're allowed to share, maybe some of the challenges you guys are facing now sure. as well. Of, yeah, yeah. of uh, Obviously, higher ed as a whole is facing some challenges, yeah. but even more than that, Christian higher head is facing even more yeah. um, focused challenges. And so I'd love to hear maybe about some of those sure. things as well. And so I'll let you. Yeah, Josh. And the, the context is if you think about the, uh, the shape of a pyramid, if you think about all uh, post-secondary uh, education, so out of high school. So uh, the great work that Ivy Tech does for, uh, for two year degrees and then very practical skills, uh, as as a baseline, and then uh, a, a large four-year public, and the IU's, Purdue's, obviously of the world, and then the uh, and then the, the smaller publics, and then the, the private schools as you go up the pyramid, and then the private faith-based schools, and so we're kind of at the top of the pyramid in terms of uh, of s- small sizes, sure. um, and the, and a question uh, across the board as we go through these last five, ten years of just pe- people questioning what is the value of any higher education? Yeah. Forget uh, public, private, or Christian, but just any. And then there's what is called this demographic cliff, that there are fewer uh, 18-year-olds um, be, who are, are college-eligible um, who li- are living today than there were 20 years ago. Yeah, and it's a that, big shift. Yeah, it's a, so it's just a small, and that's particularly acute in the Midwest, uh, Michigan being the most significant. Mm. Fortunately, Indiana has higher numbers. So those are just some of the challenges. Uh, there's a smaller pool of candidates, basically. Yeah, and so there's, it makes competition higher. It does, and yeah. there's, you know, there's 29 independent schools in the state of Indiana, plus <laughs> all the great public schools. Sure. It's pretty saturated. Yeah, it is. And so what makes us distinctive, compelling, relevant to somebody looking for an outstanding education in a small Christian faith-based uh, environment where they can learn and grow and and re- not only academically but spiritually. We sure. don't require students to be uh Christ followers, oh, okay. but, but but we do require our faculty and key staff, sure, because we want them to be uh, mentors and things. So those are some of the challenges. Um, I will say, many people think, well, I can't afford it. I would, I would uh, challenge anybody who believes that is to look into it and yeah. and to actually apply. And we can give a financial aid package, uh, primarily because of our generous donors okay. who believe in the mission. Um, and we can gr- give great scholarships, including uh, we give a scholarship specifically for Madison County students. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And then if uh, so, a number of different scholarship opportunities. So we're actually uh, very competitive with the state schools in terms of the, the bottom line Sounds price like point. It. And yeah. most people don't know that. What yeah. I'm excited about uh, in dealing uh, with the opportunities ahead is. Earlier in, in 2023, we, we received a designation from the National Security Agency and the Department of Homeland Security, um, which is known as a uh, Center for Academic Excellence for Cyber Defense. 
Yeah. So we have cybersecurity as one of our growing areas. It's one of the most or the highest demanding, highest demand jobs, in-demand jobs. Not only in the state, there's over 9,000 current jobs in the state between government and private sector for cybersecurity wow. experts that are unfilled. So, so it's really? just an incredible really? number. Okay. Um, and so we have this, our center, we have the major. So, and then we, uh, for, we're fortunate to receive a Lilly Endowment grant two and a half years ago to create a Center for Security Studies in Cyber Defense. So giving people practical skills in addition yeah. to the academics. So that's growing. Our engineering um, is probably our biggest uh, growing program uh, where we have, we started 10 years ago, uh, shortly before I got here, and uh, we have uh, nearly 100 students majoring in one of six different engineering degrees. Wow. So that's something most people, you know, you hear engineering, think, well, <laughs> yeah. I say Purdue or Rose Holman or Trine or something, great schools. Uh, we are we are the the Christian University, I'd say, for engineering in in the state of Indiana. So those are good. And then our traditional liberal arts, great programs, where people who want to go into whether it's social work or ministry or education, mm-hmm. you know, teaching, whatever those things may be, we have great programs. And then great extracurriculars, an outstanding dance program, music theater program. Keeping NCAA, the arts alive. We are, there we go. and, and uh, NCAA Division Three sports, um, and some exciting uh, things going on there. So lots of things to be excited about. Sound, sounds like it. I, I know I've, I've worked a little bit along in your guys' um, center of cybersecurity. Okay. Um, you guys actually hosted your um, conference here. Your conspiracy. Annual, yeah, yeah, conspiracy, which was an incredible mm-hmm. event. Um yeah, I mean, it, it seems like cybersecurity, again, is is a growing field. Like, there's it so is. many opportunities there. And may, maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but this is where my train of thought goes. Mm-hmm. Because now I want to ask, along with cybersecurity, are there any avenues that Anderson University or even that, that center is looking at incorporating studies in AI or mm-hmm. anything along those lines? What, where is Anderson University and AI at? Yeah, so it's it's a work in progress. Work in since progress, it's just, yeah. what, it, what are we, uh, just... 14 months past uh, when AI really hit with ChatGPT sure, sure, yeah. in 2022. And so uh, we are assessing, we are uh, encouraging faculty and, and staff and students to explore it, but just to, um, to disclose that, okay, if you're using it, just make, that, make a note of that. So sure. it's, it's, you're saying, okay, here's what I did in terms of the outline or whatever it may be. Yeah. So we want to uh, be open to and embrace the latest information and opportunities with a note of caution yeah. <clears throat> that it not be abused. And it's um, it's something that it is just fascinating. Uh, to, yeah, it's it's a wild ride that AI is taking us on right now. It and, really and, is. And I think, you, yeah, you touched on it, that it's like there's this internal aspect, especially from a higher ed institution of like students using it, faculty right. using it as a maybe a tool or a resource, right. or maybe as something not not maybe, so good. Maybe not, right. Um, but then also like, are you, is Anderson University thinking about or have they already developed programs to maybe make it more of an academic field that people can study yes. and, and, and get a degree in yeah. AI integrations or something along those lines? Not a degree yet, Josh, but we are looking at how can in our computer science and cybersecurity and perhaps in engineering sure. look at w- what are the, the pros and cons, basically, yeah. and what are the risks and rewards and so making sure that there's 
integrity in, in work product and research yeah. and all those things. Um, and so that's it's, it's an exciting area with a note of caution about, well, let's make sure we know what we're getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, so going back to Anderson University as a whole, mm-hmm. um, if I'm if I'm correct, and you please correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, yeah. I believe Anderson University has been around for over a hundred years now, right? Yeah, since 1970. And I will say, in that time, and you know, I've been there eight years, going on nine years, coming up next year. But I'm already in the top five of best presidents in you in, in that hundred and six year history. So. That's incredible. The asterisk with that is, of course, I am the fifth president. There's only been five. But it's nice to at least be in that category. If if you're not in the top group and that's all there is, yeah. So, yeah, 106 years. And um, John Morrison, our first president, served 39 years. Wow. Just an amazing leader. And then, uh, yeah, and then Bob Reardon and Bob Nicholson and and then Jim Edwards, my successor, um, did 25 years. Okay. And so, yeah, it's just a, a great legacy there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so being that it's been in Anderson, Madison County for so long, looking into the future, wh- how do you see Anderson University and our community mm-hmm. at large uh, maybe beginning to build a, a, a deeper connection, a deeper relationship? And how do you see us partnering yeah. from like even just a, you know, a, a, just a resident of Madison County or a res- resident of Anderson sure. to then connecting to the, to, to the university? Yeah, a couple things on that, Josh, and, and thanks for that question. We, we are uh, diversifying our course offerings oh, okay. uh, in a way that uh, we're offering a number of non-degree uh, programs. Really? Yeah, and then what are known as workforce development certificates. So we've entered into a strategic partnership with a, a group called Core Educational Services, which okay. specializes in these things. And so they, they work with us to provide these, uh, oftentimes, to employers in a B2B relationship, mm-hmm. where then the employer can offer it uh, to their hundreds or thousands of, of employees. We're having a number of good discussions ready to, I'm looking forward to being able to announce something here after the first of the year. Sure. Um, in that regard, and so that's exciting. And then um, we're also uh, working uh, extensively with uh, community leaders on a Lilly Endowment grant possibility, and it's called the College Community Collaborative Initiative. Okay. So 3CI. And uh, there are great opportunities for us to uh, combine uh, city, county, and university resources in a way that would make a compelling argument for Lilly Endowment to help us expand all these things and basically improve the quality of where people live, work, play, and learn. And that's something that, you know, Lilly Endowment is just a great, great resource for the state of Indiana particularly. Sure, yeah. And so, yeah, we're really excited by that. And and that's, we have a March 1st uh, deadline for that. And then we'll know by the end of July. So So it's coming up. Yeah. I mean, that's really exciting here. That there's potential um, huge growth opportunity for not just Anderson University, but our community at large. Yeah, it's a a $25 million grant possibility, which is real money. (laughs) Yeah. And the interesting thing, that's, that has to be, um, there, there has to be a 70% uh, beyond that match okay. from all other resources, which include city, county, even state and federal grants from other things that help improve the quality of life. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's six, and, and the, the mayor, the city, the county commissioners, everybody just has been 
so engaged in this. I'm really excited by by that and, and hoping and praying that uh, Lilly Endowment will be excited also and, and we'll get some great news in the summertime. That's exciting. Something to look forward to. Yes. Um, you know, I know you're, like I said, I know you're a busy man. I want to respect mm. that time. And so we're, we're coming up close to the end. I guess the yeah. last question I sort of want to just throw your way. Mm. And just this is more of a dreaming question because yeah. I just want to hear about, as a leader in our community, mm. what are you dreaming about? What are you looking forward to in the future? And so yeah. the question is like, as you're looking at Anderson, Madison County, Central mm-hmm. Indiana, our home, yeah. um, in a perfect world, where do you where do you see the trajectory going? What do you see happening in the next maybe five to ten years? Yeah, yeah, uh, great question, Josh. I, what I what I envision is a resurgence in uh, Anderson, Madison County, in terms of uh, jobs, education, opportunities, housing, all those things that make it a great place to grow up, as I did. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to see that happen. And let me just use cybersecurity as a sure. as an example of uh, how we are trying to make that happen. Mm. We are working um, with the state of Indiana and uh, some others, some private donors, to take our Center for Security Studies and Cyber Defense and make it a, a center, um, basically a hub, for the state of Indiana, that people could come, learn, and grow. Perhaps some of those things actually take place here at the Flagship Enterprise Center. Yeah. Um, in a way that we will be basically a regional uh, center of excellence. So people will wow. look at the university and then the city and the county as a place where outstanding people providing outstanding services, in this example of cybersecurity, to make a difference in a world that is in great need of those services that transcend borders. Mm. But if we can have that, we we are looking trying to get funding for what's called a cyber range, and it's just it's just great cutting edge things that may use some AI as referred sure. earlier, but uh, but would re- attract uh, people for again great jobs, great educational opportunities, and and just great cost of living, which we know yeah. Anderson Mass County does have. So, and as, as the Indy Northeast Corridor continues to grow up, uh, expand up 69, that we would become a hub and could, people could be expanding beyond Anderson because of what we offer here. That, no, that's, that's an incredible dream to look mm-hmm. at, creating us to be not just a local hub, but also mm-hmm. a national and maybe even international yeah, hub of, of creating good people right. with good skill sets and ultimately, hopefully, you know, this is going to sound cliche, but creating a better world. Well, well and that's, that, right. that's what we're trying to do. You know, that's, that's exactly right. whether, you know, whether it's the context of the kingdom of Christ or yeah. whether it's just in the context of like, Hey, we want to look out for our neighbor. Absolutely. Josh. And that brings it full circle. I think, um, in terms of why the city of Anderson and Anderson university created the flagship enterprise center almost yeah. 20 years ago now. Yeah. So an opportunity to make a difference, a needed difference, uh, for improvement in the community, to create jobs, bring companies to uh, to the city, to the county that that uh, the current mayor, Mayor Broderick, and his his predecessors and the county folks have done a great job of, as we try to make Anderson a great place to live, work, and play. Yeah, and and I'm all for that. I'm newer to Anderson. I've been here about three years. Mm-hmm. I have an 11 month old. I have oh. another baby on the way, oh, and we we live right down the street here. And oh, so we're great. we're looking to Andersonians. Th- we we have become that absolutely. And Good so we years, we're in the process of opening up a business here in town, and Fabulous. we're just trying to stay local. And 
I would encourage anybody listening, stay local, like wherever you're at, like, like support those small businesses. Yes. Like we need those big businesses as well, but the smaller ones are the ones that struggle and, and are, you're yeah. actually impacting a family. And so, um, you know, President Pistol, thank you so much for no, your time today. Thank, thank you, you for sharing about your heart with the community, the great things Anderson University is doing, mm, and and even just the, some of the transparency you showed and the challenges you guys are yeah. facing. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate all that, and I, I look forward to seeing um, what's coming up on the horizon. Sounds good, Josh. So, Thanks again for the honor of being your your first guest here. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for listening in and tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share our content. Um, and if you, if you have a voice that wants to be heard, um, please reach out. We would love to interview you as well. Have a blessed day. Take care.